I like it where someone can enjoy that song, go, wow, that was a great song, and they're young, and they don't, they haven't really listened to the lyrics, and maybe the like a thousand times later when they're in their 40s or 50s, they go, wow, they'll sit down and listen to the lyrics and cry, you know, because they never really listened to them before. Welcome to episode 15 of Measured Voices. I'm Walt Huntsman. Come along as I sit down with Boise songwriter Tom Taylor. Back in the day, Tom and his band Moment of Silence won the grand prize on Star Search. Tom talks about that experience, what happened to the band, and about how his music has evolved since then. Tom and I also talk about his influences and about his soon-to-be-released CD, Voodoo Moon, next on Measured Voices. The first question I'll ask you is kind of the basic, uh, your musical background, how you got started in music, and and did you grow up in a musical family? You know, I... uh um, not as far as playing instruments, but my mom and, uh, my mom was a big music listener and she would, uh, listen to Neil Diamond and, uh, Elvis and, uh, Barbara Streisand and who else did she, I mean, all kinds of, El- you know, she was a big fan of a lot of artists and played music constantly. And she got me enrolled in, uh, you know, I played violin and piano when I was a child and, um, you know, kind of drug my feet, didn't really care for it. But later on in life, I was so glad she did because those are the two instruments that piano and violin that I started out on before I got to guitar. And I'm glad I did. I enjoy those a lot more now. Now, those artists that you mentioned are are a little bit different from some of the ones that are hinted at on on your website where uh, it talks about you combining the musical influences of rock, dream pop, Delta blues and British invasion genres. Talk about your influences and and how would you describe your music for somebody who's coming to it for the first time? Oh well, um, you know when other people listen to my music, they'll say, "Wow, that it was very John Lennon esque." Or um, I get I get the Brit pop a lot. I also get uh, the low baritone vocalists like Roy Orbison. Uh, I get uh, Rob Thomas as far as you know. A younger crowd would uh, compare me to. I, I just kind of have that rock. Um, people say uh, my my music sounds familiar. Like there, I have this old older quality. Older, you know, I, I am an older artist, but but even older than I am. Like I get the that I sound like a classic um, song type of rock song. That it's kind of what I go for too. Are, are there artists that you listened to growing up that? still kind of play into the mix when, when as far as how you approach your music and, and your performing yeah there are there are um i've got several um that i was so influenced by um you know one of them being uh, cheap trick which they were the very first concert i ever went to see when i was a kid and believe it or not the very first big group that i ever opened up for with my band that, that we won star search with um and so it was ironic uh, that, you know, I always gravitate toward the people and artists that I love. Um, I love a female artists like Nina Simone, um, um, these artists that were Bill Withers, uh, um, a lot, a lot of blues. And, you know, I got into the modern kind of synth pop with my band Moment of Silence that won Star Search many years ago. But I've evolved and come back full circle into this bluesy and uh, 
really appreciating more the older things and you don't realize it's sometimes that that was was your roots the entire time and that's the you know the stuff that's real is the stuff that just stays with you like that if you play it now it sounds like it's a brand new song but it sounds old at the same time and that's that's what i love to capture and love to hear myself on the radio and you mentioned the star search experience in the band uh moment of silence talk can you talk about that experience that whole star search experience and what that was like and and if you don't mind maybe what happened yeah. as far as the band and all that yeah it um we we were about three three years it was a very short it was like a you know just a like a shooting star we uh we got together a friend of mine um in north carolina and he said hey i have a band in maryland that i played with we'd be great so we Long story short, we travel up there. We form the band within four or five months. We've been playing a couple clubs. My sister jokingly says, I'm submitting a tape of yours to Star Search. And I, I thought she was kidding. And she really did. And they contacted us in Maryland and said, can you be an audition in Philadelphia? We go there and we got lost. We got there an hour late and they waited for us. And because uh, they'd been, they'd saw our demo or heard our demo and they waited for us. And thank goodness they did. Um, and they go, give us a call a week later, we're on the show. So we go down and we, we won like four or five times and made it to, to the semifinals and then won that. And then we won the finals, the 100,000. It was a surreal experience. And I'm getting kind of long-winded, but then uh, we recorded in Paisley Park, Prince's studio. David Z just finished Fine Young Cannibals, and he, was, he produced us. Um, so we were in a whirlwind, whirlwind that was just like three or four months after Star Search, signed with Atlantic Modern Records, um, distributed through Atlantic. And unfortunately, David Z, he's a great producer, and I wish I would have known him when I was more into the techno side of things, but he tried to replace the whole band. He programmed everything just like Fine Young Cannibals, and we were a band. And so it, that's we had the wrong producer. And if we'd had the right producer, I think we, we we still might even be together today. But the cool thing is, right now I'm working on this new CD with Tim, who is the keyboard player. So we're still working together. Uh, so I kind of have we're the fragment of that band. Cool. Uh, we're we'll talk about the new CD in a little bit, but uh, I want to go back to those days just a little bit because as I was getting ready for this interview. Uh, I came across an old article from 1991, in fact, uh, and in it you you said that you you wrote with an eye toward the top ten. Is is that still the case? Uh, do you do you, do you try to write for, or who do you try to write for? I guess. Yeah, yeah. I I used to I used to, when I was younger and made that statement. I definitely was writing for, um, trying to to you know, second guess people and, and do what I thought was popular at the time. I think a lot of artists go through that and some of them go off the deep end and lose their roots completely. Um, you two kind of did that for a little bit, uh, went left of center and lost a, a lot of people for a while. And when they came back, you know, how to dismantle an atomic bomb, their old sound, boom, there, they realized, you know what, this is us. This is who we are. Um, I kind of feel that way sometimes too, but, um, I no longer write that way. I definitely try to write songs that I like. I keep experimenting and finding things and getting into music that's different. And then it influences me 
and kind of drives my writing style. I, I want to talk about your songwriting process in a minute, but and normally I do that first, but I think maybe this would be a good place for us to hear a song if uh, you've got one you want to... Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> this one is kind of my homage to uh, the Beatles, Paul McCartney's um, um, Blackbird. <clears throat> um, I wrote it with that in mind of wanting to, uh, just a guitar and acoustic, and I haven't put it on a CD yet, so it'll probably be coming out on one eventually down the road here, but... Um, this is called um, Just in Time. Certain days, someday, what day is it? Now I forgot again. Running late to meet you at the coffee shop, greeted by your smile. You can be my friend for life Just like a dream Yeah, you came just in time Hello, Mrs. Covington, your cat is gone He ran away again Sitting in the tree outside, he's watching me, and I am watching him. You can be my friend for life, just like a dream. Yeah, you came just in time. Very nice. Oh, thanks. You can probably see that influence there. The, the yeah, the Beatlesque. Uh, well, that that takes me to this question. I I, I came across a website. I think that uh, where your music was described as dream pop, shoegaze, and Brit pop, and I had not heard the first two terms before, but I, I was familiar with the term Brit pop, and you can kind of hear it in some of your music and in, 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 in that song as well. What is it about that sound, which is typically uh, distinctive to British pop? What is it about that sound that appeals to you? Yeah, it's the, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's kind of hard to uh, explain, but uh, I'm trying to think it, there's an emotion to it. There, there's an emotion to it. There's a, uh, um, and uh, it's it's weird. It's like um, it's different from the norm. It's it's out there just enough that you know that uh, like Bob Dylan, the Beatles, all these artists just had that something that um, it it has that mojo from Abbey Road. Um, and it's so hard to explain what it is, but every, there are so many artists out there that are just attracted to it. And so many listeners, I run into so many people that go, man, I get you, I get what you're doing. And I, I love that sound. Um, and that's, I've really fallen into that for a long time. Well, let's talk about your songwriting uh, process and how you approach 
songwriting? Do you do you have a, a I don't know a, a standard way that you go about it, or how does how does that kind of evolve for you? Um, I have a few different approaches, uh, but uh, the usual one is on the guitar. I'll come up with a riff, and then uh, then just start singing along into my 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 recorder with the guitar and vocal. And a lot of times, the chorus or verses will words will pop up that end up staying on there and are written into the song. It's just it's like grabbing things from the universe. Um, you know, the a power that you don't even sometimes realize it just suddenly uh the song is formed and then i then writing it down is what takes the tedious you know most mundane part about songwriting you know going okay what rhymes with this when you're getting down to the last bit of it but the meat and potatoes are always written really quickly um another way is i'll play beats i'll i'll program a nice drum beat that i really like and then I'll add to that um, a guitar or something and kind of record it that way and throw lyrics on last. But that's not my typical way. Usually it's with a guitar and vocal. Do you feel sometimes, I got the sense that that maybe at times at least you sort of feel like you're channeling it or it's it's coming from another source into you somehow? Yes, I do. I do. And uh, like uh, Tom Petty said once, he said, I don't try to... Uh, I don't try to uh, question it because that could stop things, you know, hold up the train. So I totally agree with that, that the more um, there are times when I'll go, hey, I'm going to write a song and I start doing it and it's it's just not happening. You have to be in that moment. Um, it's hard to force it. And sometimes I'll in one day, you know, record three or four ideas and two or three of them will develop into a song eventually. So does part of that, do you have to... Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe this comes under the heading of advice for other songwriters. Do you feel like you your best stuff comes when you allow yourself to just sort of be open to the possibility? And, and I, I tell people that I try to, when I, when I want to write, I try to keep my eyes open, my ears open, and my mouth shut. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's good <laughs> advice. Yeah, I, I do like that. That's true. Um, yeah, just be... Uh, just uh, be aware of in in the moment, and uh, I like that analogy too, where you're just open to, um, you know. A lot of times, um, I like to have a glass of wine. It's funny; it's kind of like with your health, uh, two or three or four glasses. You're not writing good material, but sometimes, uh, what, you know, whatever puts a person into, you know, meditation or whatever. But uh, to write good songs, your your best work, you really have to be present in the moment and and have the right intention i think so do you keep a a clip file or or snippets of things so that that you will at some point revisit then or or does it is it all or is it mostly organic like you were talking i do yeah i have um i have a lot of stuff saved on computer every everything i ever do record that i go oh or i'm I'm noodling around i'll go oh i really like this my recorder's always right there. I even, especially the car, I'm, I'm telling you what, when I go on trips and stuff, I, I get my great best ideas or, you know, when I'm just driving down the road and I'll sing along, I, always, I, have, a, <laughs> I have a recorder in my car. Well, I used to have one, but now I just use my phone. Um, but I always have something within, <clears throat> you know, that I can grab any second because it does, 
it'll strike you. And if you don't record it, you'll forget it. Yeah. I, I've experienced that. You know that, right? And, yeah. and I keep a notebook, but it is kind of hard to write stuff down when you're driving. It sometimes. is. Well, I've done that too, but I don't. I don't recommend that. It's Although I, I did, I did once actually have an idea come to me, and it was it was coming so fast that I just decided I had to pull over and write it down before I lost <laughs> I've it. Done, I've done that too. Yeah, if you can't record it, then pull over and write it down because that's because you'll forget it. You will. How, how would you say that your music has? changed uh, developed evolved or all three since the early days um i think uh, my lyrics have a lot more substance to them um over the years um when i was you know around the star search days it was very and it's funny the beatles were the same way if you listen to she loves you yeah yeah and then by you know, sergeant peppers and you know i i heard the news today oh boy i, I mean just incredible lyrics uh, when they did their trips to India, you know, uh, um, George Harrison, man, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of, you know, he didn't write the bulk of songs those two did, but I tell you what, um, as far as the, all three of them probably wrote my top, you know, 10 songs in the same, you know, three, three and three, I, you know, so he, he, his lyrics were just amazing and had depth to them. I like, I like it where someone can enjoy that song, go, wow, that was a great song, and they're young, and they don't, they haven't really listened to the lyrics, and maybe the th like a thousand times later when they're in their 40s or 50s, they go, wow, they'll sit down and listen to the lyrics and cry, you know, because they never really listened to them before, and they realize there's depth, mm -hmm. th depth there. It's no longer the, you know, hey, la, 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 I love you, I love you, I love you, you know, that, and, and I am not putting down pop music at all. I know that's what most of it is, but that's where you get your roots and you start from. Even a lot of them, uh, you know, move on. Those kids that are pop stars, they turn into uh, pretty good lyricists and they get it eventually, some of them, you know. So it sounds like uh, at least one part of uh, a piece of songwriting advice for other songwriters out there is to write a lot. Absolutely. I should have showed you my uh, my my stacks of I, I've I've just got these folders in there with uh, it's it's as big as a phone book pretty much all my songs over the years uh, every time I do a song I write it down and you know one out of you know ten ten or twenty makes it onto a CD so somewhere in there but um, yeah absolutely. This, uh, when people um, have listened to my CDs and thank you know say uh, if they say a compliment about wow you know I really like your it's you know song one through fourteen is is good I like them and and I say well there were you know a bunch of others waiting in line that didn't make this uh, I record a, I what I do nowadays I record them all on guitar and vocal and then pick out of those uh, you know. 30 or 40 songs and narrow it down to the 13. And, and this last CD, I had a lot of people helping me. I had about 10 people that are close friends and fans and family that uh, I gave all 32. And I let, I let them pick. And I think that's a great way to do it because you get the best of what you're too close to it sometimes. Mm -hmm. What other advice would you offer to songwriters? Uh, play. I don't, I, and, and, a lot of times you're playing for free. It doesn't matter. If you're a musician who goes, well, I'm not making any money for that. I'm not doing it. Then, unfortunately, uh, I don't I don't want to say you're not a musician, but you probably should pick another profession that where money will come first 
type of thing because uh, music is not that way. Uh, music's all about the experience. And fortunately, uh, as you get better, you will make money. And that's, you'll never get better unless you go get the right. gigs that are free, uh, play for cheap, play for, uh, you know, some beer, but play, play, play. Get your chops up. If we're talking about a singer-songwriter mm-hmm. or a vocalist getting a band, uh, put that band together. It doesn't matter if you guys aren't making money. Uh, just and get as many gigs as you, as you can. Open up for people. Free shows. Do benefits. Senior citizen homes. Where, wherever you can go and get gigs. A lot of people go, oh, there's no place to book us. There's lots of other ways to do it where you can do for free. Your songs, at least the songs on the current CD... Uh, sailing in a paper boat have their sometimes this comes across as a negative uh, attribute but it's not intended that way here they they, they sound produced i mean you ha- you have you have a lot of different layers on a lot of your songs how challenging is that then if to reproduce those songs uh, uh, in a live setting or, or do you, do you just completely not even try to approximate that? And right. Yeah. Well, I have, I, fortunately I just do the one man acoustic act. So it's, it's kind of cool because I just, I own it and do it my own way. And when anyone hears my vocal and that song, they, they, they feel that they hear the guitar and the vocal is, uh, you know, but there, you're right. I do a lot of, you know, I do, I do a lot of production, uh, you know, strings, keys, cellos, uh, a mandolin um, that you're not going to hear at a live show, but someday if I do start touring or I give these songs to uh, for song other people to do in a band, um, that's kind of um, the vision I'd like them to see it as, uh, or they can strip it down like I'm doing it. So um, I used to be that way, a, a purist. You, know, you need to if you're going to perform this live, you should do you know have the same instruments and all that, but in this day and age it's it's uh it's it's more it's more it's okay to do that to do it that way since i am playing solo especially do you find that with those songs then that uh when you you put them together one way for the cd and then you perform them in a stripped down version uh, in a live show that that in in one sense they either become almost like two different songs or two different um, experiences yeah they do um it's it is it is it's a completely different wash uh you know completely different way of um you know of, of uh letting hearing that song and performing that song so the cool thing is um for a whole month i did cd release parties not just one because i i play all over the place i did a cd release party at every place i play frequently at least once a month and um, I got really good feedback by that. People who I played the CD during all my breaks, and then I would perform the songs, and they were like, Meh. and then after a while, people listening to the CD said, that's what I like about it. I can come see you play that song stripped down. So, and some, they go, hopefully someday you'll have a band. I go, you know, me, me too. Uh, hopefully I'll get in a band again, and It'd be nice to hear this with full production again. So it's there if I want to do it, mm-hmm. you know. So and, and in the meantime, it's your own little version of unplugged, as it were. Right, exactly. <laughs> so true. Well, well this uh, this would be, I think, maybe a good spot to plug uh, plug in a song from the, the current CD if you've got one you'd sure, like to share. Sure, sure. I I can do that. Let's do. Uh, 
we've got. This is called um, um, This song's called Heaven on Earth. If I could share a lifetime with you Love will surely find a way I live for every moment inside you Oh, she's heaven on earth Then my past creeps up Says I'm not good enough Yeah, the fear creeps in I could lose you Yeah, her voice tells me Let her go, let her go And that I've waited Yeah, I've waited for too long If I I never met you I would surely be alone I live for every moment beside you Oh, she's heaven on earth Then my past creeps on Says I'm not good enough Yeah, the fear creeps in I could lose you Yeah, her voice tells me Let her go, let her go And that I've waited Yeah, I've waited for too long But I'm not listening To that voice anymore Another great tune. Uh, there's, I forgot that solo. <laughs> somewhere in so there, it, it, in bits and pieces, uh, spots, I at least imagine that I'm hearing uh, a little bit later uh, David Bowie vocal oh. style in, in, in parts. Well, thank you very much. That's an incredible compliment because he's definitely, I'm definitely influenced by him as well. It's strange that, that his name hasn't come up yet, but I get him for that. The baritone... Uh, um, and of course, Neil Diamond, uh, my mom, you know, and grandma were his biggest fan and I used to listen to him all the time. So yeah, that I've, I've always loved that deep voice. There's so many artists out there with these high voices and tenor and I, I, I like them, but it's, it's not my voice. And there aren't a lot of artists out there capitalizing on the, mm-hmm. the bar, you know, the semi baritone. Well, it's, it seems to, uh, to me at least to work for, 
the songs like that uh, and and talking about the the, the CD uh, sailing in a paper boat it first glance at least and and correct me if I'm misreading the songs but I get a sense that at least at some level that many of the songs are love songs but there's also at least in a lot of them uh an underlying hint of longing, uh, a need, and, and at times maybe little desperation. Can you talk about? Sure, sure. And that's that again uh, that I've loved. You know, uh, my favorite movies are that way too, where you have that that beauty and that hope, but you also there's also that darkness and the the real life things um, and tragedy. Um, my favorite movies, my favorite art that I that I go to a museum to look at always tend to have that the just strong polar opposites of each other because that's uh and that's kind of the um art you know the art that i try to create or the music i try to create embody that um um heaviness but then go into a from the minor chord into a uh, you know a positive um c chord or a g chord and um drive it home paul mccartney uh, brilliant, you know, um, la, 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 you know, where uh, an artist will go from a dark song into this just what what just happened all of a sudden the sky, you know, the sun came out. And I, I've always loved that where you have polar opposites. And so you you're, you try to create some inner tension then in the songs, is that? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So they, it's not all dark and gloomy, uh, but it's not all happy um which was kind of that would kind of s- summarize my earlier music used to be you know real happy music and the beatles were that way too i, I always use that you know then she loves you yeah 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 um but then they got into that they still had that uplifting sense to them but they learned about life they they just through experience they've been around longer and i think everyone gets that and uh to put that in music that way people who listen to your music can relate to it more, the more depth you have to it. Now, on the current CD, there's a couple of songs where, where you collaborated with a lyricist by the name of Roy Eisenstein. How, how did that all come about, and what was, what was the collaborative uh, process like for you? Um, yeah, I, you know, it's strange being a writer all my life, but uh, through Tim Starnes, my keyboard player from Woman of Silence, we were working on a project a couple years ago. We started, he was going to produce this Sailing in a Paper Boat CD, which was not called that at the time because two of these songs on that CD were Roy's. Uh, those are Roy's lyrics. I met Roy through Tim and Sailing in a Paper Boat was one of his songs. Uh, he He's written things for, uh, you know, Comedy Central, um, done a lot of uh, producing and movie, He's but he's been a writer all of his life. Um, and he's in LA and Tim was best friends with him. And I, he and I hit it off instantly. He started sending me songs and I go, yeah, man, your lyrics are great. He just wanted me to, you know, to get feedback being another writer mm-hmm. myself. And I said, man, I, you know, he goes, I've had other people record my stuff. And I say, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll do, I'll do a couple. So I ended up putting two of them on this CD, <laughs> sailing in a paper boat and uh, moving target was the other one. And, I really loved his style, you know, his writing and uh, worked out so well that we have a brand new CD coming up. I know we were going to talk about that too, called Voodoo Moon that's coming out in September or October. 
and he wrote everything on it. I decided to go ahead and do give him his Bernie Toppin moment, and uh, <laughs> and I would I told him let's do it, and so we're a partnership on that CD. It's all his stuff, and it's a it's pretty cool because I haven't told you this part. I know you know about the CD, but it's a concept CD. And in from start to finish, in between all the songs, there's foley art. There's an actual like movie scene playing out. Uh, it's a guy's journey. His girlfriend left and went to New Orleans without him, and it starts in New York City. The kid walks out his door, and he's uh, hitchhiking and journeying on. It's in between songs. It's his journey down to New Orleans to get his girl. So instead of, uh, it almost sounds like instead of film noir, it's a CD noir. Exactly, exactly. With I mean, it's got, you know, barroom brawls and doors opening. Yeah, there's like scenes in between. So it's, you're going to be forced to buy the whole CD, people. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That wasn't Roy said. Uh, yeah, but it, it, you know, it's pretty cool that way. I mean, it's, you know, I, I love how this is totally different type of but Pink Floyd. I mean, it, it's definitely one of those ones that when I listen to Pink Floyd, I, I put aside an hour because I want to listen to the whole thing. And I hope people will want to do that for the sense that these songs really do morph into each other and have the scenes in between. It would be kind of cool to have a concept album. I've always wanted to do one, and I finally have that off the bucket list, and we're, I'm okay. excited. And and as you mentioned, about the time this will be available online the cd should be out or just about out so about uh, the out. timing uh, timing will be perfect we haven't tightened it down to an exact date but we're uh, end of september october and probably beginning of october is when we're looking at for the release so yeah it should be this podcast to come out probably right as it's being released the first video and song will be will be out uh, by then okay. i you saw the and, video and we'll make sure we get a, a link up to that as well so that uh, everybody can take a look at that and and see what they're in store for uh, you know, it's interesting. You were talking about concept albums, and there was for a while. I wouldn't say they were predominant in music, but there were several bands and, and artists that tried to do concept albums. Uh, Alan Parson projects Parsons project comes to mind. Yes. You mentioned Pink Floyd. Um, uh, I think Tramp. I think David Bowie has David probably Bowie. had done a few. Yellow um, or some some bands like that. A lot of those. Uh, is is there? Uh, I don't know if what word I should use. If, is there a challenge or a difficulty in your mind to putting out a concept album when it seems like so much of music is, is now geared towards singles and with the streaming and all that yeah. stuff? It, it is. And believe it or not, that's kind of like my, my stand to the time, the changing times is I went, I, I said, you know what? I, this is so cool. Let's do something completely different than everyone else following the, because they're the people that I get along with in life and the people who would listen to the type of music I do. Um, I have, we have the same playlists and uh, I'll get people that come up to me and go, that is so cool. When I tell them the concept CD and um, they're the people that have, you know, turntables at home. They, they read, uh, you know, substantial novels with you know that uh you know drink wine i mean i'm not trying to pigeonhole or stereotype anyone but just people who have depth that don't you know think like sheep and just go oh that's the latest sound so that i'm going to jump on it they're um that do appreciate the past and a lot of great things that came from the past and rushing from one song to another and only having one song put out i, I don't know i hope 
you know, I never say never, but I hope that won't be me someday just, you know, rushing to put individual songs out and not having a, I like having a bigger task at hand, you know. That's a, a bigger canvas. A bigger canvas. There you go. Yeah. I like that. Since you were talking about art earlier, right. uh, let's talk about the CD some more and how and, and and how the collaboration worked on this. Did you have the music already, or did Roy s- send you lyrics with no music? Uh, how did all that work? Yeah, well, we decided on let's do a concept CD, and because of Voodoo Moon, that was one of the first. Um, he sends me um, sent me like hundreds of songs, um, and it's actually poetry you know because mm-hmm. they're not songs yet because i do the melody and all that right. so i should say hundreds of lyrics he sent me and uh i did the voodoo moon song voodoo moon song which is the first song and it's the first one on the cd and we said hey let's do a concept cd a guy doing going down south so i said and the style of this m- music is kind of swampy which is new for me but it's still my rock influenced and even kind of british uh, um he Roy, Roy swears a lot of the songs have like Rolling Stone type guitars. Uh, there's a lot, believe it or not, it's more upbeat than even, there's more fast songs on this one, even though it sounds like it's going to be a slower downer CD. There, there, it's more upbeat than um, Sailing a Paper Boat. There's even more fast songs. So it's actually mm. a good moving CD. But the slow songs are very, you know, that Delta Blues. We've got, you know, um, so anyway, <laughs> I got a point there. But yeah, he sent me those and. I, so I, all the lyrics that I chose, I, I would go through and go, this would fit for a guy's journey down to New Orleans. And, you know, and some of the, the, the slower ones are definitely aching, like sad. He, he's kind of a more reflective guy than I am even. So, so a shift from Brit pop to Brit swamp. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The fast songs that give you that glimmer of, uh, uh, that, uh, have a little bit of that Beatlesque and Rolling Stone sound still, but uh, but with you know because they were big into doing that both mm-hmm. both especially the especially the Rolling Stones right you know they loved all that uh, swampy sound. Now, when the CD comes out, uh, what are the plans as far as how the release is going to go? Do you have you have um, things mapped out for that? Y- yeah, I um, you know the last this last uh, sailing paper boat went so well. Um, he's going to help promote it. And of course, so will I, uh, I'll, I'll probably do the same thing where I'll just do CD release parties at all the places I play, which works great. Instead of doing the pressure of one big, huge venue and a lot of people who you think are going to show up don't. And, uh, I can come to them to all the places that they're comfortable at playing, you know, and, and do a smaller intimate show. It's less pressure, but I reach more people with the CD release party. And I, I like that idea. I don't know if, if, I'm sure I'm not the first person to ever do that, but I just said, you know, I'm tired of the conventional, you know, sinking all this time and effort and money into one big event that if something goes wrong, you can't undo. Right. So, hey, if something goes wrong at a smaller show, it's a little easier to overcome that. So less pressure and there you, you go. Know, have fun, you know. Yeah, about the same time, and I don't know if it's related directly to the, the new CD, but I imagine there'll be... A, a chance to cross promote. You've got a, you've got another big event coming up in the fall. Uh, uh, oh yeah, um, yes. Yeah, so a, a dear friend of mine, uh, the vice president of Disney. Um, I was in a band with him when I was a kid. We were cutting our teeth. And believe it or not, he yeah he's ended up in L.A. and uh, um, he's been in the music business for years. And he ended he's he's got the reins at the vice president of Disney. 
invited me to his, he has a private bar, right? Uh, that they, uh, you know, have artists play that they're looking at. And, you know, I'm definitely trying to get a, uh, a publishing deal or something. And he saw this last album I did and, and, uh, he invited me down in October. Um, we haven't set the exact date, but, um, but he's going to have some industry people there. And, uh, of course. And, uh, it's a, you know, it's a closed bar, a closed venue. Um, and I'm going to try to get a couple of friends of mine to play down there with me. And, uh, even some Nashville cats. I, I want to make sure before I say names, but that they'll be there with me, but it looks like they probably will. But, um, but yeah, I'm so excited for that. That's a great opportunity to showcase my originals and, uh, you know, hand out a lot of CDs, um, and things like that. And, he, you know, he wants to try me out just like anyone, even though he and I are friends, you know, we'll of course sit down afterwards and have beers away, uh, you know, get aside from the music, but, uh, it'll be great to see him. But I'm very, I've been very blessed with a lot of people in the industry over all my life. So, well, uh, is there anything else that we need to touch on that, uh, I, th- I think we're getting you, uh, you said maybe p- pick a song you like off of the CD. If you want to throw that on there, I okay. produced well, if, later, if, if, time, if you've got one, uh, that you, yeah. we could plug in and you tell me, what, Oh, sure. Uh, be a- you know, why don't we do the sailing in a paper boat since it was, uh, you know, okay. The title there. track, the title track. There sure. They can get an idea of the, the sound and the, yeah. Okay, and we'll be sure to put up links to the website, to the, your store on CD Baby. Oh, we'll, man. We'll, get well, thank a, you so much. we'll get a link to the video, and uh, best of luck with the new one when it comes out. You I'll be as looking well. for it. I, I really appreciate that you do this. Uh, what a great, it's great for the artists and great for the people listening. Uh, without people like you, uh, your hard yeah. work and you make so much money to do it. I'm sure that's how you do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I should be able to retire any day <laughs> in another lifetime. You're, oh, <laughs> you know what? He, this gentleman truly loves music and it shows. So um, please support this podcast and share, yeah. or do whatever you have to do to get it out there. Um, I mean, sure, I'm I'm grateful that <laughs> if I'm on this one, but do do it for any artist that he has on here. Well, please I help appreciate it. It's, it's it's it is a labor of love because uh, as a songwriter myself, I've had a chance to see just how much talent there is out here that that sometimes gets overlooked. I mean, you know, I, I had a, a, another artist who recently re- relocated here from Nashville who was telling me that that Boise is becoming a little bit like starting to become a little bit like Nashville was when he had moved there 20 plus years ago. So I've heard that too. It's a, uh, it's a good place to come to a lot of California artists are moving up here. You know, um, well, a lot but, of people are just escaping California. So know? I should have plenty of interview subjects <laughs> for the next several years. That's right. All right. Well, we'll plug in uh, the title track from sailing in a paper boat. And uh, thanks a lot for doing this. And yeah, thank you so much for having right. me. Yeah. A dollar for your dime Turn my back and walk away Just running out of time London Bridge is falling down But no one seems to care Looking for the pot of gold It isn't anywhere Dancing in a circle Everybody holding hands Laughing at a private joke 
to Tom Taylor. You'll find links to his website, his music store, and his music videos in the show notes at measured-voices.blogspot.com. 
And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Measured Voices. Next time out, it's a twofer, as I sit down with Jesse and Lipu Niebolt of Logan's Heroes. Then Jesse joins the members of his other band, Between Disasters. Until then, I'm Walt Huntsman. Thanks for listening.